tuning in. This is Love What I Love, a podcast where we beg our partner to love something we do, whether it be a movie, TV show, or anything in between. We're your hosts, Andy and Masha, and this week we're talking about Kill Bill Volume 1. Kill Bill Volume 1 is a 2003 action film written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. It follows an unnamed assassin, The Bride, who after awakening from a four-year coma seeks vengeance on a team of assassins who betrayed her. The film is starring Uma Thurman, Lucy Liu, Vivica A. Fox, and Daryl Hannah. And... Masha never saw it before. <laughs> wow, nothing, nothing else? <laughs> no, I got other stuff. I was just like, I'll hold it. Um, this Quentin Tarantino is this is has he been around for a while or? Well, if you've seen any of the promotions <laughs> or the beginning of the movie, you would know this is the fourth film by <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. I've he, never, I've never heard of him. No, never heard of him once. I'm just kidding. I know. Oh, I think you're making fun of the fact that every all the everything always says that it, like it's counting which film it is that like it's the fourth. Oh, film. a little bit of that uh, too. <laughs> yeah, he's the only director I know who counts. Because he's supposedly done after 10, so we'll see what happens. Oh. What is he on, 9? Yeah. I think Hollywood, once upon a time in Hollywood, was the 8th one. The what? 8th one, I think. 8th one. I didn't really count. Maybe it was the 9th one. So Kill Bill 2 is counted as 5? Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, it's counted as part 2 of 4? It's just, yeah. Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2 are counted. I'm just saying at the intro of the movie, is he like the four and a half movie (laughs) of Quentin Tarantino? Nah, it's just like, welcome back to the fourth film by Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) I think that's what he writes. Well, he writes, welcome back. Welcome back. Yep. He says, how's it, how you been? All right. (laughs) That's that's how it starts. (laughs) It's like, you look older. That's what he writes. He's like, oh, you got that, you got that promotion you were going for <laughs> that you told me about the last movie. He checks in on you. He was like, we go together like rebel. Right. <laughs> yep, that's what he does. <laughs> so even though this is Kill Bill Volume One and it is in its own sense its own movie, the sequel is part of the bigger picture on this. It's you know this these movies were made as one long, I don't know, over four hour movie, and it was the studio and. I mean, mostly the studio who just convinced him that's insane and that he should split it up in editing into two movies. So at no point was it ever supposed to be two separate movies Mm -hmm. until they were in the editing booth and they kind of decided how they wanted to craft it. Is he happy with that? um, I think so. I don't don't see... Like creatively, not money-wise, because obviously he's happy. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, By all accounts, I haven't seen him say no. Um, he seems pretty proud of this movie and very excited to talk about it, at least back in the day when they were interviewing him. But yeah, from a financial perspective, the, from the, the studio, was, of course they wanted to do that. Because mm-hmm. at this point, Quentin Tarantino's movies always made a good amount of money. Um, what was his first movie? Reservoir Dogs. Oh, that was him. Yeah. Interesting. I haven't seen that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've it's... talked about it a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> But this one came in. The budget was thirty million, and it raked in one hundred and eighty point nine million. Dang! And then the sequel made one hundred fifty million. Whoa! So, so they like paid once. Yeah, like they made the right call to split this into two movies. Because yeah, then hey, could have done three movies. Yeah, <laughs> nah, could have done a TV. Don't, no, no, now you're yeah, you're hobbiting it. <laughs> they're like, it was gonna that was supposed to be one movie, then two, and then they were like, let's make a trilogy, like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so yeah, don't be. We don't need that many kill bills. 
Wow, that's crazy. Volume one and volume two is good. But because these movies are were released separately and I did see them kind of with with the time period in between and a lot of people that's how most people at the time did see them, you know, instead of watching it in one big chunk, I figured it would be fun to do these episodes as individual ones. And then I'm gonna follow it up with my next pick as volume two. So we don't have to wait too long. Whoa. Yeah. It's gonna be pretty fun. With Tarantino, I mean we haven't covered him yet on this podcast. This is the first time. This is a man who's like made of references, you know, his whole, I think it's the reason why I like him and Edgar Wright so much is because they're really good at paying homage to like old film that they love, but without being like redundant and kind of putting their own spin on it where it seems fresh. It doesn't just seem like they're going, Hey, I I remember that old movie and I remember that old movie. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of Tarantino. So there's going to be, there's tons to talk about in the influences in this and, uh, and just where like inspirations and why, why the movie's shot certain ways and looks a certain way and feels a certain way and there's tons of that but I, I also want to just kind of feed off your questions as someone who's never who's never seen this and also knows Tarantino but it, you're not well, we haven't seen all of his movies so you're not overly familiar with him honestly the thing I know most about Quentin Tar- Tarantino is that he likes feet <laughs> you know about the feet <laughs> everybody knows about the feet <laughs> Uh, he doesn't talk about it but the proof is on on the film yeah i I was actually one of my notes at the beginning of the movie is where's the feet and then there was a note later on that's like there's the feet oh yeah yeah. (laughs) i gotta say this one though the feet play the biggest point in like narrative structure like the 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 feet are actually like part of the plot (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. in other movies it's always just like let's take a break for some feet you know Uh let's take a break for some feet there's no feet in reservoir dogs but there's also no women in that movie so that makes sense oh so it's only right yeah there's no like main character women there's some side people like that have small small roles pulp fiction we got uma thurman feet jackie brown we got jane fonda feet pulp fiction uma thurman feet again with some lucy lou feet mixed in (laughs) Let's have to kill Bill. Inglorious Bastards, I'm pretty sure there's feet. That'd be a fun post. Identify Quentin Tarantino movie by the feet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Was there Django Unchained feet? I mean, was it a uh, freaking... It was a slave movie, so there's probably Save the feet. Last Dance feet? What? <laughs> the woman from Save the Last Dance. Oh, she's in that? Isn't she in Django Unchained? I'm bad at faces. Oh, my God. I'm mad because I can't remember her name right now. Uh, you're bad at names and I'm bad at faces, so it's <laughs> over. Maybe she's got some feet in there. Anyway, yeah. So you know it's Tarantino likes feet, but that's not that's beside the point. Uh, uh yeah, I don't know. Is Quentin Tarantino his real name? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I think I think he might have even been named after like an old movie character. Like I think his parents knew he was gonna be like this weird movie nerd savant. Wow. Coming up later. I might be wrong about that. I didn't I didn't look that up recently. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, before I go into my kind of history with this one, Masha, have you... So you knew Tarantino, you knew The Feet. <laughs> what did you know about Kill Bill? I I mean, the art is very recognizable. So honestly, even though I didn't know anything about this movie, I've seen Uma Thurman in that yellow suit. The, you the know? track suit? Yeah, uh, I know that suit. And, you know, one of our friends dressed up as her for Halloween. Oh, um, yeah. So there's one two or two. Yeah, but I didn't really know anything else about it. And to be honest, I probably mix up this movie and Pulp Fiction 
like a lot. Wow. <laughs> you know, like it's I'm so like, different. oh yeah, that's the movie with the uh, John Travolta nah. that killed Bill. <laughs> I mean, they both have Uma Thurman. You could have released that's, it. I think that's why. Yeah. But you know, I obviously know who Quentin Tarantino is. If you've taken a film class, uh, study media, you'll hear of Quentin Tarantino. His films are referenced a lot, but for good reason. Uh, but I never pursued him, honestly. I think the first movie that I've seen of Quentin Tarantino's was The Hateful Eight. Yeah, I remember. I remember because that was right around when we first started dating. And you, I, I started with learning your movie tastes. And then you told me you watched that. And I was like, you watched that? Yeah. Like, I blew my mind. I, I didn't like, choose Why? it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't choose it. Didn't see it in theaters. Uh, but it was super long. Um, I'm glad I didn't see it in theaters. You don't want to watch. They got a longer version on Netflix. Jesus. Um, oh. Yeah, they, they turned it into a... Like, they put so much stuff in it that it turned it into four hour-long episodes. <laughs> of, like a TV show. That's funny. But it's really just like a four-hour version of the <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's really all I know. I know that he likes certain actors and like working with them over and over again. Samuel L. Jackson, Uma Thurman, probably some others, but those are the first two that come to mind. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much my history with Quentin Tarantino. Nice. He's and got a cool name. Yeah. Uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> How much did you know about his love for over-the-top violence in movies? Oh, I didn't know that was a love. Oh. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's in every movie. Like, no. He well, doesn't make a movie without... This might be my last Quentin uh, No, just kidding. <laughs> we have to watch Kill Bill, you just said. Yeah. The second volume. Because <laughs> I knew that was going to come for as a shock for you in this one. Oh, gee. You knew. <laughs> yeah. You willingly put me through torture as someone you claim torture. you love. <laughs> torture, she says. <laughs> Watching Kill Bill. You said you loved me. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Andy? What... How old was young adult Andy when uh, he came across Quentin Tarantino? What's your history with him in this movie? Well, I was uh, 13, sitting at the table reading the Wall Street Journal yep. with that suit and tie. That sounds about right. Nope. Um, <laughs> you so were like, Rrr. this was actually wild. I remember this very vividly. So, in the because of the violence. Yeah, in the history of this show, uh, you know, I've told kind of my movie past of it was it was around like 14 years old is when i first started like really getting into movies and so this is 2003 so i was 13 at this time so i do remember vividly seeing commercials for this movie i just remember seeing the, the yellow jumpsuit like you said and then just tons of action and fighting and i remember being like oh that looks kind of cool like i remember at the time my favorite movies in the world at the time were rush hour 2 and the mummy returns so it's, i didn't really have a high bar it was like a few if you, can, if you have a couple guns and you're kicking and punching, I was probably on board. Mm -hmm. So I saw the kicking and the punching. I don't know why I thought this, but I was confused by the title Kill Bill. Because I didn't, even though it was literal, it's still in the most literal titles of all time. Yep. <laughs> but I thought it was a bill like like in a restaurant. Like something that you have to pay. <laughs> so I thought she Kill was, the bill, Karen! No, no, I thought it was like... <laughs> There was going to be, like, a, a big boss who, she, like, you owe me this kill bill. Like, you have to kill 100 people for me. Oh, or like, I Like, you know, almost for, like, an assassin. Like, <laughs> like, an assassin, if they're in debt, it's called, like, a kill bill. You know? Uh, I don't know. I was that 13. makes more sense. I don't know sense. why I still remember that I thought that. I just <laughs> I just remember being like, oh, because I saw her fighting the crazy 88 in the commercial. I was like, oh, she must have a kill bill she needs to uh, fill out. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's not too out of the... Yeah, it's pretty silly. But, yeah, I didn't see it. Um, I mean, it was R-rated, so, it, you know, not that I wasn't seeing R-rated movies, but to go to the theaters to see one, it, it still took, you know, a parent to take me, and I wasn't going to have my mom sit in on all this violence. 
Uh, so I just didn't see it. I, um, again, didn't really give a shit about movies that much. I liked entertaining movies, but I didn't pay any attention to who made them. And then literally, like, that next year, I don't know. I don't even remember exactly where it changed, but all of a sudden I started getting really into just finding movies that people considered, like, classics, watching them, learning about directors, going on the internet, blah, 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 just kind of the start of all that shit. And then that's when I learned about Quentin Tarantino, and it was in between the time between Kill Bill 1 and... They, they announced Kill Bill 2, but they weren't advertising it yet. And that's when I dove in. I started going to the library, rented Reservoir Dogs, rented Pulp Fiction, rented Jackie Brown, and I was watching this guy's movies. Never gets old with the library. Yeah, got, so got to get him from the library. And then I ended up... now. So like now I knew who Quentin Tarantino was. I mean, I didn't have that much... My capacity for film theory was pretty low at 14, but I was still like, oh, I, I see this guy. He's cool. He makes cool movies. Like, they're violent, but they're not, like, stupid. <laughs> uh, and then I, was, I got Kill Bill, and then I was like, this is wild. I've never... All the martial arts I watched up to that point, it was always cool and, like, great choreography, but, like, bloodless. I had never seen this level of, like, action and blood before, you know? Mm -hmm. even, even my horror movies, slasher movies are violent, but this was, like, other another realm of just the amount of splurts and... Splurts. limbs and, and and gushes and all that so i just thought it was the coolest movie of all time and i started to become like a weird little snob kid and then that's when <laughs> i remember well how old would i have been there probably like eighth grade they started advertising kill bill 2 and at this point i was like a tarantino fan <laughs> and i was like i gotta see this movie and then i, I forget how i think we went with my friends like mom took us because again my mom was like i'm not i want to go see that and so I think I got to see that one in theaters. But yeah, that's that was pretty much it. Where it, it was like a weird, like the movie came out, I had no interest in movies outside of what entertained me. Didn't even think about seeing it. To By the time the, the next one was coming out a year later, I was full-blown like, oh, movies are awesome. Quentin Tarantino's a great director. Like all this shit, like all this right. wild stuff. So this movie I do remember was like right on the cusp of all that. I feel like it's... Because you liked, or still like, Mortal Kombat, so it's very, like, in that vein, like, kind of video game-ish. Yeah, like, over the, the violence, you mean. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Is this a game? It must be. Nah, it's not a game. Really? Nah. Interesting. Yet? <laughs> You're like, it doesn't need to be a game. Yeah, I, I feel like other games do the same kind of feeling, but without it being, you know, usually when they make right. the movie games. Or you could just have, like, the, the character show up in mortal kombat or whatever whatever oh, one of those cool. ko games Ooh, put the bride in a in a mortal kombat game <laughs> now i'm on board all right that'd be dope um but that's that's pretty sweet so reservoir dogs was technically your first movie or was your first movie of his yeah uh it might be that or pulp fiction i can't remember exactly okay. but i know they were like pretty back to back all right yeah. pulp fiction is that gonna be on the cast yeah whoa sure. travolta Spoiler alert. I mean, because I'm not the one who has to say whether or not they love the movie. I like most of Tarantino's movies. I think they're... I don't think any of them are bad. But, like, I love some and I think some are just pretty good. But when I... I for me, top three is Kill Bill as a whole, Pulp Fiction, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, so those three, snuck into number oh three. Oh, my God. It came out of nowhere, bro. I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they uh, so they actually came up with this. They started to come up with this idea around when they were making Pulp Fiction back in '94. This whole thing was born out of Quentin's love from '70s exploitation movies. Uh -huh. So it's all the stuff that you would see like in the grindhouse cinemas. So it's it's these movies. You know, you can just call it, you can call them genre movies where they're 
they're not necessarily the most complex in terms of plot. They're a very straightforward story, but they're so engulfed in genre that it, that's what makes them unique. And they're usually low budget and usually played at night in these in these movie cinemas that Quentin went to. And the genres that would usually be in it were everything from martial arts to samurai movies to black exploitation movies to I don't even know what else I'm thinking of. I mean horror movies too, but that's not that's not what we're um, that's not what we're referencing here. Oh, and like spaghetti westerns too, like a lot of those. Oh, you know, because all those they're usually a story about, like a like a samurai movie. It's a a lone fighter, you know, what goes off on an adventure and challenges opponents, or yeah. or a western. A guy tries to be the greatest gunman, you know, in town. You know? Woo woo! <laughs> there, near, near. I know you're trying to. Th- <laughs> <laughs> woo woo woo! It's terrible. <laughs> You know what I'm, I'm, just, to... I'm just gonna put in the actual one right now, just so people can hear that. I'm gonna put back to back. Ah, brutal. <laughs> oh, so yeah, this was born out of basically he wanted to make the ultimate kind of like grindhouse exploitation movie by including the elements that he loved from all those genres in one master movie. And anime? Yeah, uh, yeah, anime's in there as well. I mean, I think this, because this, this one specifically, this whole series is like a big love letter to kind of Eastern culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the anime, I think, just fits in there perfectly. They kind of came up with, like I said, they were working on it on Pulp Fiction, kind of came up with the idea. They, they wanted it to be this kind of mysterious assassin, so they thought of the concept of the bride. Uh, that's why I don't know if you saw in the credits. It said the bride, the character of the bride created by Q and U. That's Quentin. Aww. That's Quentin and Uma. Like they they've made up like a fake like little you know. Team. I didn't I didn't catch that, but uh, that's really cute. I was just about to ask if she got credit for that. Because the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, is this based on like a is this a comic book or something? Because usually when this is based on a character by, it's usually adapted. But no, it was just the two of them. Cute. Yeah. So they that, that was in the early nineties. Quentin went on to make another movie after Pulp Fiction. He spent a lot of time writing the movie he would make after this Inglorious Bastards. But then he eventually went back to it after hanging out with Uma again a couple of years later, like the year 2000. At this point, Uma had her daughter. He At that point, they didn't have any kind of angle about losing a baby in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of seeing her with her daughter and interact. And he'd never really been that close to like a mother and daughter. And he was just like, holy shit, this bond is nuts. Like Maybe this could be the driving factor of what makes the bride... Like, why we would be on her team, you know? Because she's such a ruthless killer that there's very few things that would make us justify all her killings. But it's like, if you take, you know, someone's baby away from them, that's kind of one of the biggest things you could do. Whoa. So, yeah. So, it's all kind of born naturally out of of these conversations and hanging out and wanting to make this love letter. But then, like I said, he makes these movies that are full of homage, but he has, he's talented enough that he puts a stamp on it where you just take it on its own value. Like, you could just watch Kill Bill and not know any of these references or reasons of where the stuff is coming from and just be like, oh, cool. This is, like, Mm -hmm. a sweet action movie. You know what I mean? Nice. And so, because he's into, like, violence and, like, all this fighting stuff, is Pulp Fiction one of those things? Like, I'm wondering if Uma was already... Sort of already had that physical capacity to take on a movie like this, like, while she was talking to him. Uh, not to this extent. All his movies have violence, but this is the only one that's a straight-up action movie. Gotcha. So there's not... Like, this he even says it was the big one of his biggest challenges ever as a director is 
is te- it was teaching himself how to shoot action. Because all this other stuff was kind of crime stuff about gangsters. So there'd be gun violence and people getting shot and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But not to these level of highly choreographed fights the way this movie does it. All right. So, yeah, no, Uma, Uma had to go through tons of training and uh, all sorts of stuff to After play, play this After the baby. Role. Yeah, for sure. Um, baby Stranger Things. Yeah, I, I was the baby. The little little baby things who Quentin would later put in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, nice. Ew. So in the past, I've looked into some, some of Quentin's inspirations, but I feel like every time I do it, I learn more and more. And I, there's actually this one, I think it's a Japanese movie. I've never heard of it before, but I saw it when I was doing my research called Lady Snowbird. And from what I could tell, there's a lot of, a lot of that movie is like the skeleton of where he takes his influences for Kill Bill. Oh. It's a similar movie about a woman whose family gets murdered by some, I, I don't even know, gang of bad dudes. And then she just goes on a revenge spree. But uh, the aesthetics and the look and the action choreography and the staging, it's all like, holy shit, there's tons of Kill Bill in there. Mm. So it's cool. I, I, if you want later, I'll show you some clips on YouTube. Oh, uh, like, am I ready? But it's like it's from the 70s, so the violence isn't quite... It's not as, as vicious. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, can I trust you? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> all right, as usual, I got so much uh, trivia and facts and stuff to drop on you, but I think we should just jump into it and... Uh, We'll tr- trickle them in throughout. But because this is a part one to a part two, and it is, you know, essentially a decently straightforward p- movie in terms of plot, we're going to forgo spoiler section on this first one. We'll probably do it for the sequel. Hiya! Oh, um, before we start, uh, do you want to guess the Rotten Tomatoes? Uh oh, I mean, I feel like the critics love Tarantino, so it's probably gonna be like a ninety-two critics and then like a ninety-five audience. Whoa, eighty-five critics. Really? Eighty-one audience. What? Yeah. I'm ten percent off. Yeah. What? How? Yeah, I don't know. What? The, what are the critiques? I feel like, from the critics' standpoint, they I could see just people being like, "There's not much." story going on here it's kind of just like person goes and kills for revenge i mean revenge is a story i know i don't agree with it i'm just saying that's what i think these critics and then i don't know what what audiences i i criticize the critics yeah well can we get like a a rotten tomatoes like like a critic site that criticizes critics Mm. critics but then you're going to, no, because then it's just a whole cycle. Because then it's going to be like, well, that was going to criticize those critics who are criticizing the critics. <laughs> we can't get down that rabbit hole. We'll never uh, get back. It would be fun, though. It would be a nightmare. <laughs> um, and then I feel like the audience is probably like, the last fight seems so unrealistic. There's no way she could kill that many people. You know, like everyone wants yeah. everything to be like realistic. Like, uh, There's no way a lady can do all of that. Uh, her sword would actually get dull after a couple <laughs> of swings. And without resharpening, it really wouldn't be able to cut through <laughs> all those bones. So this movie's fucking bullshit. Um, it's actually not possible to uh, move your legs that quickly after being in a coma. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Lucy Liu was... Uh, in Charlie's Angels, so what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just not, like, I had nothing to do with it. There are, like, nitpicky-ass people about some of the parts in this movie, but uh, it's kind of... The, the whole movie's so heightened to me that I don't even give a shit uh, about, like, little tiny plot Well, details. if you have a favorite, you can share later right, on. Cool, 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 cool. So, yeah, right off the bat, Quentin's uh, showing his 
his love for the old school. The movie starts with a very old... I don't even know what era. I guess it would have been in the Grindhouse movies, the, our feature presentation, that, that, that oh. little... Then it. I can't do the music good, but I can play here. (laughs) There we go. I had to do it because you sang earlier and it was so bad. So I was like, <laughs> if you're willing to do it on, on mic, I got to be able to do it on mic too. I can't leave you hanging. Uh, and even they, they got the Shaw Scope logo. So that's the Shaw Brothers. They they were dudes who put out a bunch of Kung Fu movies back in the 70s. Uh-huh. So he put that at the front of the movie too. Just to kind of like wear the influences right on the sleeve. Uh-huh. But yeah, so where were you at with this opening? I mean, the whole the whole beginning of this movie kind of disorients you on purpose. Yeah, I the mean, the movie's not necessarily told in order. Opening with that close up, I was like, "What's going on?" Yeah, so you got you got black and white, <laughs> black Uma, and white, just yeah, breathing heavy. You kind of hear Bill talking monologue about some shit. This guy knows how to make people lean in right off the bat. You know what I mean? What do you mean? Like I'm just drawn in. I just needed to know what was going oh, on. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's story wise, it's staged so good. I even love. I love that this whole movie we don't, we don't see Bill, and uh, you know you just, just hear Bill. We just hear him. We get those little touches, like when he dabs her bloody face with the napkin, like it says Bill yeah. on it. And I was gonna say this: the only reason why we know it's Bill, yeah, because uh, the Bill on the hand- handkerchief. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, cut right there. You know, she gets blasted right in the head. I just, I was more just wanted to watch you in these opening moments because I was like, Where yeah. You? Well, I was like, once she gets shot in the head, I was like, is this like a prequel? Like, is it like a how we got here? Uh-huh. movie that's what i thought it was going to be because i was like no way did she recover by being shot in the head yeah mm, little did i know it's <laughs> yeah. possible yeah um but i did forget to say i thought it was weird that in the opening credits there was like guest starring yeah what was that about i don't know shit one of my notes even i wrote find out why it says guest starring and i didn't do it <laughs> wow uh, let us down yeah what do you <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we're moving on. <laughs> um, I also thought throughout, um, I had written a note that was like, this music is way too on point with what's going on. Like, yes, you can find music, but to find it that's that's that well matched for a movie is like very hard. And then the credits go original music <laughs> by RZA. So I was like, all right, that makes sense. Yeah. Can't believe you just called him RZA. Oh, who is it? RZA? Yeah, RZA. Is that SZA's dad or something? Nah. No. He's the founder of the Wu-Tang Clan. <gasps> oh, no. One of no! Like, the biggest dudes in all of hip-hop history. <laughs> no, off my history. black card. <laughs> I was kidding. Uh, RZA. Uh. <laughs> uh, he's RZA. Is that SZA's dad? <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> Unfortunately, the old dirty bastard couldn't make it today, but he sent his regards. So yeah, original music by RZA. <laughs> yeah, it's dope. I think he's a he's. I can't believe this. Shit. <laughs> he's a, he's a dope choice because Wu Tang has always had a thousand and one fucking kung fu samples and some some influences of Eastern music, but mostly kung fu samples like. This dude loves old kung fu more than most people. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you're making a movie like this that's kind of about mixing East and Western styles and all these influences, you know, and taking a bunch of kung fu stuff but putting it, you know, within a you know, with a white American person and all this stuff. Right. You're kind of mixing the cultures already. So I think Riz is a fucking perfect 
choice because he's a dude who started, you know, got started in hip hop, one of the probably the most American music there is, and then but is also like in love with Eastern culture. Mm. So it's like I, I love I love his music choices in this. Cool. He did all the original stuff, but then also the actual drops and the songs that are in the movie were like care. I mean, they're always carefully picked in movies, but right. Tarantino but almost very... like wrote the scripts with those drops. Because I, I think the the sound, all the sound work in this, from the music down to just the actual effects, this like the sound, the foley work. Yeah. Oh my god, fucking top notch. Yeah, it's in this very movie. um deliberate. Yeah, like it, it puts you, it puts you in. But yeah, this movie has some of the best drops. So like you know, I'll, I'll bring them up as they come along. But yeah, I yeah, love, I love them. I mean, one of the m- music pieces I knew, I don't know what the song's called, but uh, freaking, how does it go? Yeah, yeah, there we go, there we go. Yes. It's a good song. Yeah. I definitely had that on my iPod. Yeah, me too. I still got it. I still got it. You still got your iPod. Um yes, we got this fire ass music, crazy ass opening out of style. And then right there, uh, uh, let's just talk a little bit about the Vivica A. Fox stuff. Oh, Because that's another... You, didn't see, you didn't see a second of this coming. No, I didn't. And it was a lot. <laughs> First of all, it was very exciting to see Vivica A. Fox. I, I don't think I've watched many of her things, but I know who she is. So that was pretty cool. But I wasn't expecting this scene to, one, be as violent as it was, but also, two, to have like a comedic angle to it yeah. <laughs> like when the school bus pulls up and they try and pretend like everything's okay when the house is like chaotic yeah, yeah and they're bloodied up <laughs> yeah i was like how is this gonna end yeah i i had no idea because at that point i was like maybe they'll join forces and get uh, revenge on bill yeah. so that's why the actual death ended up catching my, me by surprise oh yeah no one ever sees it coming it's it's so well done oh god but the fight in general i mean we have some of the craziest wildest over the topest fights in this movie and uh, this one's always my favorite this shit is just so <laughs> spoiler like, it's just so spoiler for the best worst <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, yeah i guess so because I think like, there's not that many, like, act- hey, all right, fine. What are you talking about? Blah. The whole movie. The whole movie. <laughs> but yeah, this fight is fucking wild. Like, it's just so, like, raw and real, and the choreography is so good. You can tell they both, like, actually trained for it because yeah. they're on camera doing the stuff. And then I always, like, forget how much I miss how effective it is in fight movies when you're actually seeing the person take damage over time. Yeah. You know, like, I love Fast and Furious, but, you know, you could have The Rock and Vin Diesel fight for five straight minutes punching each other in the face and they're not going to be bleeding or anything you know yeah. they just look fine so in this like you know they every time there's like a little cut or some glass shatters they, it, it leaves its marks on them and you like if you it makes you hurt while you're watching right like i'm for some reason not dodging in my seat when i watch some action movies but with this one i was like moving oh left my and right God, you were like, so nervous <laughs> and i could tell you didn't know you couldn't tell who to root for you're like <laughs> every time someone got hit i was like ah <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, My so jaw good. was to the ground this whole time. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw it. They do such a good, like, bait and switch where they're like, oh, we're going to have a knife fight. You know, let's meet at the baseball diamond 2 a.m. dressed in all black. Yeah. And- I was like, Uma, are you you're supposed to be drinking that coffee? I think she poisoned it. Uh, I just didn't trust anyone in the room. Yeah. 
But you didn't see that gun coming, did you? I well, I thought it was a little suspicious, but yeah, I didn't see that coming. Well, no, I saw the gun coming. I didn't see the knife throw coming. Wait, how'd you see the gun coming? Because she was like mad suspicious about it. She's like, I just gotta make my girl cereal. Yeah, you I know, never like, saw it coming. You, know, you don't got to make no cereal. But, like, and make cereal? Come on. She can make her own cereal. She's old enough. Uh, yeah, I know. Come on. <laughs> but, yeah, the knife throw? Yeah. Yo, that was crazy. That was I didn't she, see the that. The way coming. she just hangs there dead. Like, that, was, that was cool. When you watch this movie a million times, like I have, you see all these, like, dumb little things, and the name of the cereal is called Kaboom. Because <laughs> 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 it's, it's, yeah, it's like, going to be good. That's pretty funny. It's pretty good. Uh, but in this scene, I also appreciated the overhead shots. Like, I really liked seeing the rooms. Yeah. That was pretty cool. cool. And I think that's it happens maybe one or two more times in the movie. It happens really at the, the House of Blue Leaves, like where they fight the crazy 88. So it happens yeah. there, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that stuff's awesome. And like, and I like the way we sprinkle in a little bit of the backstory. You know, they never, you know, we, we find out that she's part of this. She was, she used to be part of this team of assassins. Uh, and what'd you think of the, uh, what the daughter's The seeing? poor little girl yeah. who's definitely coming back to kill her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's not spoiler to the end because it says nothing to do with part two, but everyone's always said like, if you were to do a third one, it should be about her coming back for revenge oh yeah yeah like if, if they ever do like a you know at this point it's been 20 years since kill bill almost. right but well, if, he, if he ever decides to come back to i it. mean now we're jumping into beyond the credits oh, okay i know but that's sorry that's like that's been the beyond the credits since 2003 i know but what if i have my own ideas uh, um and then did it throw you off when she goes to sit in the car and she pulls out the list and there's already already she's name is crossed off the top or did you not notice i did not notice uh, Whose name? <laughs> <laughs> Lucy Liu's character. Oh. Well, you don't know who that is yet, but she has a list that says Death List yeah, 5. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, when yeah. she crosses off Fifth Grade Fox, it's the second name. Right. Because so, she's already in the pussy wagon. So yeah. that makes sense. But yeah, you suppose, you, normally the idea is you watch it and you <laughs> yeah. go, oh, I missed the... F- when did we see the first one get uh, killed? Well. <laughs> <laughs> I was still in shock yeah. by the death. Oh. That was very traumatic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. But I also like the way this movie kind of builds up to the over the like the crazy over the top violence cuz this first fight seems like almost grounded as hell compared to what we see later. Oh you yeah. You know, they're not nobody's oh, yeah. doing any wire food. There's not any jumping in the air. There's not like no one's going to split in half. Yeah. The violence seems real and, and and gritty and the fighting does. But I think that's also him kind of just homaging all those different styles I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. You know. One one thing I'm learning about myself in both the TV and movie shows that I watch is that I I think I'm a a fan of jumping through time to tell a story. Uh-huh. Um because this movie of course, you know, you see the beginning in quotes where she gets shot and sort of that begins this whole revenge uh campaign of hers. But then you're you're also jumping like uh, through her revenge stories like the one that opens this movie is not the first person that she's killed yeah. on her list right so i i just really like the jumping through time to tell the story because it, it could be like a cheating way to get, keep people engaged but i actually like it i don't know how do you feel on that yeah i i'm i'm into it i don't think it's considered a cheating way um it's kind of like start you know when movies start like 
and that this was like five years ago but let's go back yeah yeah 10 yeah. years and see how we i don't know you don't have to mollycoddle me i want to improve my writing tell me your real thoughts all right well um I'm not a huge fan, personally, of the whole three weeks earlier teaser thing. I feel like, you know, we should start our stories where they begin, not start them where they get interested. Get <laughs> but I don't, think, I don't think this movie does that. And um, to me, it, it's, it doesn't even play that much of a big role knowing which one came first. Mm -hmm. But it is kind of funny after you see what she goes through to kill Oren Ishii, that killing Vernita Green was like a cakewalk compared yeah. to that. Like, you know, it was just like a 15-minute fight as opposed to like the, the effort she goes through yeah. for Oren. No, it's true because she's like dedicated to the journey at this point. Like, it doesn't matter that her daughter is upstairs. Oh, yeah. She's like, yeah, like now that we know that all that stuff, yeah, happened <laughs> after she killed the crazy oh. 88 and all that. That actually makes me feel better weirdly <laughs> like that that wasn't her first kill yeah and to not have any sympathy on your first like yeah uh -huh. she's been through a lot um but, but what like, think about it from her end too she had her daughter was killed by vernita green so oh she yeah was like why would i feel bad about your like i'm not killing your daughter you like killing your daughter in front of you is still not as bad as killing your daughter yeah or killing you in front of your daughters you know right 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 but go on but i was confused about the time period that this all took place until and i actually am still kind of confused but after this scene i think it jumps back to the crime scene yeah uh where the bride was shot uh -huh. and i think one of the cops that comes onto the scene goes that colored boy blah 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 and yeah. i was like all right well we must be somewhere in like the 70s <laughs> yeah it's not um i think it's or a mix of texas and then also <laughs> also that yeah and also just the way tarantino writes he tends to put mm. those kind of characters in all of his movies he a fan of that time uh he's a fan of that i mean we didn't even hear the word in this one but most of his other movies i'll be apologizing for some n-word usage oh well i didn't know if that was i knew that about quentin tarantino movies but i didn't know if that was mostly samuel l jackson uh like is it quentin or samuel it's quentin oh, okay he well. writes the movies uh, I, I I didn't know if you know sometimes actors come in with like their creative edge. Don't worry, when we watch Pulp Fiction, he'll be in a scene using it multiple times. Oh, that's mm, it's okay. a shame. It's a shame. Uh, <laughs> it's a shame. Whatever. I'll put. I'll, we'll address that when we get to it. But yeah, that that whole scene with the sheriff, and I call him Mumble Sheriff. <laughs> so honestly, I don't know what the hell they said <laughs> during that scene. You gotta get that right, right? <laughs> All I heard was colored fella, and I was like, all right, that's all I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to check out from this guy. <laughs> yeah, no, it takes place in modern time. They use a cell phone at one point. Oh, okay. I must have checked out in this whole scene. Jesus. Not in the scene, when, when she's in the coma and, and uh, the oh, right, 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 L right, driver right. goes to kill her yeah, with, yeah, the, yeah. with the eye patch. Okay, and okay. And Bill calls her on the cell phone. <laughs> I, oh, okay. That yeah. Yes, I remember that. I thought you were talking about the sheriff scene. No, no. Okay, okay. Uh, I don't know what it is, but the men in this movie suck. Oh, yeah. I didn't like... I mean, that's another, yeah, it's another staple of the, like, exploitation genre. Like, Oh, is it? Or these kind of, like, revenge movies where, you know, sometimes it'd be, like, a rape revenge. A lot of times it'd be some stuff like that. So, okay. yeah, there's a lot in this. A lot of, a lot of sleazy, <laughs> gross dudes. Yeah. Like, like, the coma shit. I don't think there's one okay dude. Ex well. Hattori Hanzo. Yeah. Well, he's okay. What? What's wrong with Hattori Hanzo? Because he, he's the reason why Bill's around. But he makes 
but he swore an oath to peace 30 years ago. All right, all right. You don't even know about Bill. <laughs> He's the reason why Bill's He's around. He's getting so defensive. <laughs> you don't even know about Bill. I can't you just came in here disrespecting <laughs> the Tony Hanzo like that. You'd, never, right. you'd never get his steal. All right. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Jeez. You'd be, you'd, be get, you'd be getting the tea like the other guy. <laughs> I don't know when this happens, but I did not appreciate the close-up of the mosquito. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like how she like wakes up out of the coma. Oh, the okay. The like sucking her blood and she Ooh, wakes up. Gross. Um. All right. So when we're at the hospital, this eye patch lady was crazy. Yeah. Is this actress in other things? Daryl Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. She's in that stuff. Oh damn. And fucking yo, Uma Thurman's acting when she wakes up out of the coma and touches her stomach and sees that her kid's not there. Oh that yeah. That's devastating. That I acting know. was so good. Like no words, just all those motions, you know. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's like I felt her emotions extra because she was like so skinny and fragile. Yeah. In that and like vulnerable in that moment. Uh huh. For sure. Oh yeah. So what did you just said? Uh, like, how did you pick up on that eye patch lady with Bill and stuff? Because at this point, oh, we've only seen Bill in that opening scene when he shoots her or heard Bill, I should say. Yeah, so I figured like, they were coming for. Her. I know, but like, what did you take? Like, what was your takeaways on this? On like, on him as a as a character? I don't. I. I I'm, I mean, I'm being specifically. Sorry, I'm just gonna jump in. I'm being specifically <laughs> vague on this because I don't. I'm trying not to. It's hard to talk about this one without talking about the second one. Okay. So um, a lot of this stuff, the way it's edited, is almost presented more like as mystery. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So no, I'm, I... I'm more trying to like see how you're feeling about it because I already know like everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying not to. Well, we know that the baby that she did have was Bill's. Yeah. And this lady is clearly jealous of the bride. Yeah. Is she never going to have a name? It's kind of weird to bleep that name yeah yeah i i actually really like that the bleeped out name it's because uh, she's yeah it's it's the, it's the unnamed samurai it's the trope of the old one whoa. the old movies but yeah like it's like it's more like she's her mission she's not even a person right now again it's hard to talk about seeing all the movies interessant um but yeah i i mean it all made sense to me uh i assume that he would have wanted her dead if he shot her blank in the head you know he's gonna want her dead so i that that piece was already obvious was kind of obvious to me yeah but then he doesn't want her dead he calls and says we're not gonna do this he's like you know we've done so much to already the last thing we're gonna do is sneak into a room like a rat and kill her while she's right so he has pride in how he kills people Mm -hmm. so i mean sure (laughs) i was like all right you know i don't know (laughs) What about that sweet uh, musical sc- uh, score when she's walking in with the whistle? Uh, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't. I can't whistle good right now. I've heard that too. Is that a RZA original? No, that's from an uh, an old movie from uh, I want to say the sixties uh-huh. called Twisted Nerve that Bernard Herrmann did. The guy who did the Psycho score. Oh, he, he wrote that. whoa, yeah. that's cool. That's a maggot score. <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up because it's fucking awesome. Are we gonna learn how she got her eye out in the second movie? <laughs> I'm going to take that as a yes. So you asked me something? Oh, okay. We haven't seen the second movie. 
well, I think we should take this time to talk about the animated sequence. Uh, the anime. I know you hated the blood, but you gotta admit, it's pretty damn well done. It is. I almost feel like the anime made it harder to watch because you're able to do so much. Yeah. Oh, it's brutal. It's probably one of the most brutalist part of the movie. Yeah. The, the other gore at the end seems a lot like faker. This shit seems so much more. Yeah. It it was interesting too because obviously Lucy Liu's character is one of the people that she's going after to get revenge on, right? Yeah. But like so much sympathy is built for her character. Oh, so much. So it was kind of confusing to me as a for, so seeing it for the first time because Vivica Fox was like just nixed, really no backstory that how whatsoever. Yeah. So it was kind of confusing to get all this backstory on Lucy Liu. So in the back of my mind, I was like, is she gonna sort of like have her own redemption like twist and turn at the end, like? I don't know. I I did empathize with her character, and it was kind of cool after seeing all that that she went through to see her on top for a little bit. Yeah. But in terms of the anime, that was hard. Yeah. That was a lot of blood, a lot of a lot of drawing blood. Yeah. (laughs) The brutalness of like the dad dies like with his face looking right at her, and then the mom, her blood starts raining on her face, like. Oh my and the god! The gross, the gross predator murderer guy. Yeah, uh, boss, whatever Tanaka, I think it might have been. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but this, like, this is the whole movie has great foley work, but the sound effects in this one, mm-hmm. it it ups the like brutalness of the animation so much. Like every broken bone, every punch just sounds like you. You literally add the sound of like bone and like squishiness to like every hit, where it just really like. You're yeah. unsettled watching it. It's not It's not cool, fun action by any means. So did he always know that this was going to be an animated sequence? Or was that something that they sort of landed on in the creative process like while they were? No, he always knew it would be an animated sequence. Um, it was the first thing the studio was telling him to cut when he had a four-hour <laughs> four version of the movie. Wow. Because their point also was kind of what you brought up too, was that like at the end of the day, it's just kind of like humanizing someone that we're killing very shortly you know <laughs> um, right. but the splitting into two movies that was his one you know thing he's like if we do do this i'm not making a single cut for time mm-hmm. and so that's why they were like all right just put everything in there all right so yeah they always do it was gonna be uh animated damn it's brutal though and yeah so i like i like with lucy Liu's character with oren ishii we get the initial kind of sympathy building because we know we see her watch her mother and father get murdered in front of her but we also get that extra kind of that extra part when she's an adult about her heritage and the fact that she's you know the leader of the yakuza, but she's half ha- ha- half Chinese. Ha- and you can't say half because it's three things. But oh she's right, Chinese, right. American, Japanese. Yeah. Can we just pause to say Lucy Liu is so freaking beautiful? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I forgot how pretty she was. Oh yeah, I mean she was an angel. I mean she is still very pretty. I mean, from the last... I don't even know the last time I've seen her. But. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> it's so crazy to me, too, because it's kind of messed up. But, like, growing up, I feel like... You know how you had, like, your token, like, people that you knew? Like, she was, like, the one Asian actress that I knew growing up. Like, Lucy Liu. Oh, yeah. Like, Lucy Liu, you well, know? Also, I mean, there weren't that many 
ultra famous ones either you know in hollywood i'm saying yeah like, yeah so she was yeah, like the yeah, one she was like the one that we allowed yeah yeah i can't think of a lot of others you know because they were like the ones you know when crouching tiger came out a lot of those actors were famous but right. not really in a Amer- you know they weren't headlining american movies yeah it's kind of messed up because like we're not old you know yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like weird that when we were when we were young lucy lou was like the asian american or asian woman actress that we all knew yeah it's wild <laughs> Yeah, I love the scene when she, she cuts the dude's head off. Starts talking shit at the, the Yakuza guy at the table. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but she's, like, talking so nicely, too, uh, and, like, professionally while that lady is translating. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is this the point where they introduce the crew as well? Like, her crew? Yeah, yeah. Go-Go mm. and uh, the other one. That freaking girl is crazy. And the fact that she's 17, you know. Oh, she's like, do you want to, do you want to do me? Yeah. And he's like, oh, oh God. I mean, he deserved it. I mean. Uh, Deserved to get his guts ripped out? Yeah, though. Like, why would you, why? She's underage. That guy looked like he was like 16 years old. He did not. He was definitely in his like 30s or 40s, Uh, Andy. I guess so. Uh, I don't know. He was freaking gross. I don't know. Getting your guts ripped out seems like a real high price. (laughs) Your guts ripped out? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm realizing another thing. I really like revenge movies. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we're introduced to that crew. We get the bride putting on the yellow jumpsuit. So it's funny that you say iconic and all that with the yellow jumpsuit because that that's literally just the exact same thing Bruce Lee wears in Game of Death. Oh, is it? So it's it's an exact just homage to that. He's just like, I want to put her in Bruce Lee's thing. But it's wild the way I say like he this movie has so much of its own DNA that it kind of became Uma Thurman's jumpsuit. You Whoa. know what I mean? Like unless you were alive back then, most people don't look at that and think, oh, it's Bruce Lee's. You know, even though it was a very iconic Bruce Lee outfit <laughs> before Uma Thurman ever put it on. Wow! But it's still pretty wild. Bruce. Yeah, old Brucey Bruce. Um, and I yeah, the, basically the rest of the movie takes place in this house of tea leaves or whatever, blue house of blue leaves. Um, and this place is such a dope set that they found. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> like where the that big fight takes place. Oh, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. We go to Japan. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about Japan? Hanzo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, first of all, why is the sky red on this plane? It's, it's a beautiful movie. All right. There's a lot of set. This was a very colorful movie. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Have you never seen the sunset like at that right perfect moment when it gets orangey ready? Yeah, no, okay. I haven't. All right. You haven't taken me to see a sunset, wow. Andy. <laughs> You're an adult. Make your own sunset. Oh. <laughs> like that's what you said about the kid making her own cereal. <laughs> We're not gonna talk about the um the tea. Oh this, yeah, of course. This guy in the back who doesn't want to work and want he wants to watch soap operas yep. all day. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I will admit that I thought that he was one of the people on her list. Uh, like even though we saw like the four people standing over her body, yeah. I for some reason thought that she was there to to kill this Ooh. dude too. Too. And I like the I like the play where you know, she's acting like a tourist and shit. Yeah, and just, she's a freaking great actress. Yeah, like yeah. as a character. <laughs> The character in the movie is a great actress. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the bride is a great actress. Yes. Uh, yeah, and then we get to learn that's Hattori Hanzo. So this guy, this is wild. So this actor, his acting name is uh, Sonny Chiba, but it's not his real name. Uh, Wait, what? 
the actor who plays Satori Hanzo. Yeah. His name is Sonny Chiba. Okay. But that's like his acting name. It's not his real. His like I looked up his real name. It's like something I can't pronounce. No. Um. Is it, if it's Japanese, it should be easy to pronounce. It's it's hard. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna. I need to look it up now. How hard is it? Oh Sonny. Shinichi. There you go. All right. It was Shinichi hard. Chiba. I guess I should have said it. I should have said it's hard to remember because I didn't have it. I had to look it up. All right. Well, anyway, Sonny Chiba. Whoa, he's still alive. He's the man. 82. Ooh, he's from Fukuoka. Okay, sorry. <laughs> this one was wild. I never knew this, but I learned I learned this from the DVD. Um, Quentin used to watch this show in the 80s from Japan. Apparently, they had a Japanese station in LA. He said it was a kid. He's like, oh, I put it on the Japanese station. Uh, and they called the Shadow Warriors. That was like the translated title. And every time they would make this show, this guy, Sony Chiba, would play a character named Hattori Hanzo. And he was like a famous samurai in the show. And then when it would when they would do the show, they'd kind of wrap up the storyline and then bring it back a couple of years later with like a new, you know, maybe it'll take place in the, a couple of years in the future, this and that, with new characters. But Sonny Chiba would always be back playing like the next time he'd play Hattori Hanzo the second. And like an ancestor. Oh, okay, and then he'd okay. play, so he'd always play Hattori Hanzo, but it would be like the next in a line of ancestry. Nice. So he wanted to continue that. So he put that character in this with this guy playing him. So he joked that this is like Hattori Hanzo the 100th, you know? Uh, <laughs> so I thought that's fucking dope. Oh, like, that's fun. Yeah, he basically just took someone from that he watched as a kid and he's like, oh, I want you to play that character again in this, you know? That's cool. <laughs> that's fucking dope. But yeah, I love this. The, the creating the sword, you know, cutting the baseball in half. Everything was so fucking cool in this scene. Yeah. The baseball in half was crazy. Yeah. Uh, but I, I liked the, even the approaching the swords. And I, I felt like it was very respectful for her to, uh, the way she approached the samurai swords mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. Because I, f- I feel like it could have just easily been, a, all right, I'll grab this one, you know? Yeah. But it was like a very like humble, I'm, I understand how this is made and the respect that comes with it grab off the wall and even asking permission yeah you know i kind of appreciated that yeah and it kind of like you know we don't know that much about like anything about her past or even like how she learned all these skills you know and we could kind of tell that what type of student she was and and how why she's so good at all this martial arts is because she understands the importance of all of it not just i'm badass you know right right and uh and then, you know, then knowing that he's the one who trained Bill also, like, it was almost like... <laughs> the writing uh, of, the dr- on the window. The dramatic Bill. <laughs> it's such, like, a funny... Because it's such, like, an American, like, Western name. Like, I'm Bill, you know? So <laughs> it's just so funny for these Jap- this Japanese yeah. men. They don't like... even say, like, do L's. It's like, Biru. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so crazy because, like, when she erased it on the window, when they, you know, she uh, he wrote Bill, like... Yeah. It, I was like, is could he be watching? Like, does he have eyes everywhere? Uh, you know, like I, because you don't know anything about Bill. No, you don't know nothing about Bill. <laughs> All right, now we're at the House of Blue Leaves, where we got the five, six, seven, eights doing their songs. <laughs> I didn't know who the five, six. I didn't know who they were before this movie. <laughs> I, I, I've learned about the band through this. And we meet Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown, yeah. It's so funny because I was like, wow, his like clothes look like Charlie Brown. And then yeah. the, one of the characters <laughs> makes fun of him and is like... Yeah, like, I was all like... It's also, I feel like, just... And I feel like that was all just set up for that joke. Like, they definitely <laughs> put him in that clothes now and they were writing that in later. <laughs> A funny story I, I also saw about the five, six, seven, eights. So Tarantino was in Japan doing something mm-hmm. when he was like prepping for this movie. 
and he uh, he had like an hour before his flight, and he or whatever, he was like shopping downtown, just looking for clothes, like a cool shirt. And he said he was in a clothes store, and he heard the band playing on like the intercom in the store. Whoa! And then he like he was like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "This is insane." <laughs> Because what they are, they're a band that exclusively does covers of, like, 60s surfer music. Oh, cool. So, like, woohoo. Like, it's an old song from the 60s. Like, you know, they just they just did their own version of it. So, it's like they're a Japanese band that only does American, kind of, like, specific American music from a I've certain era. I've never seen Japanese women perform rock. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it was really cool. Yeah. So, he went up to the to the dude at the register, and he was like, what is this? And the guy told him the band, and he was like, this is insane. He's like, I need this. He's like, can I have this? And the guy was like, no, this is like the store copy. Like, <laughs> you can't you can't have it. He's like, there's Tower Records. And he was like, I don't, I don't have time. Like, I've got to go to the airport, this and that. And then he eventually got the manager on the line, and he basically paid him, like, four or five times what it was worth. Rec- Damn. You know, nothing that's a lot, but it was just, like, four times worth of a CD. Yeah. But he just paid him, like, you know, whatever. 60 bucks you know for this he's like i need to take the cd home like and then he took it and then he was like he was gonna just put the song in but then he was like what if we can get them in the movie and like thought it would just add this cool scene of putting them in there oh yeah yeah, yeah. the five what a cool name yeah. the five six seven eight yeah that's a great name um so yeah before the big fight uh which i want to talk about uh let's quickly just talk about the the first little fight against uh gogo with her crazy swinging i don't even know what that weapon's called a ball and Jesus a Christ. Yo. I did not like that. Yo, uh. back to me just talking about going nuts about the Foley work. Every time she swung that thing, the sound effect of it just being like, woof, woof, woof. Yeah. Woof. Like, it was so fucking scary. Like, I would not <laughs> want to get anywhere near that. Well, this is all, like, video game material, right? Because yeah. it's like she's sending... Lucy Liu is sending her minions one by one, and like first is like easy, then it's medium. Yeah, and then, then you, it's like the mini boss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like she's the mini boss, yeah, right? For sure. <laughs> uh, and I, this was the first time I was scared for the bride. Yeah. Like I was like, oh damn, because we really haven't. You were a little scared during the first fight. The what first fight? With with Vivica Fox. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about in this scene. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, because she takes that first couple guys out with no problem. No problem. And she chops h- that girl's arm off. Yeah. Her new Hattori Hanzo sword is not only cutting through bone, it's cutting through other people's swords. Like, it's, yeah. it's the sharpest sword that anyone's ever seen. Yeah. You know? So, I wasn't I wasn't scared until this mini boss. Oh, yo, who- I got, sorry. Real quick. Hattori Hanzo's line when he gives her the sword. Uh-huh. And he was like... He was like, I made an oath to God to never make a weapon of death again, but here I've made my finest work, and if you should encounter God on your journeys, he will be cut. (laughs) That's badass. (laughs) But yeah, back to the thing. I just want to say that. Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, I felt for for Uma here. Yeah, fight was good. Oh, and the death. The death was brutal. Even just that choking when she's choking Uma beforehand. Yeah. Uh, she killed a miner, though. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what is it, this minor protection? This kid. lady's a goddamn psychotic murderer. <laughs> minor. I don't know. She's a kid. She could be rehabilitated. So next year, she'll be a fine just monster adult. Let's get her. She's a goddamn maniac. No, no, no. She is a maniac. Uh, but again, like I think it's because like I had sympathy for her because she had a similar, very similar story to Lucy yeah, Liu's character. that's true. So I think, you know, there's this whole thing where it makes sense that Lucy brings her under her wing because she relates to her, right? Yeah. And she, like, sees a mini her. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I, I over-sympathize for Lucy Liu's character. 
I mean, the movie, it's not, it's, it makes sense. Like, the movie does a lot of job painting it. Yeah. Know? And then the big one, the crazy 88 show up. Were you expecting this one? How many, how many no. people? Just from a filmmaking standpoint, I'm like, how the fuck? Because there's no, there's absolutely no CGI in any of this. Like That's he, insane. Clinton was like very, he's like, we're making an homage to movies in the 70s. Like we didn't have computers in the 70s. So everything was like, you know, t- like all those were st- a giant stunt team, real wire work, real practical effects. Like Jesus Christ. I think they said they used like 500 gallons of fake blood to make this movie. Wow. Just because they were pumping in fake blood into everything. What the the rehearsals for this must have been insane. I can't even imagine. Apparently, they thought it was gonna take two weeks to shoot this sequence, and it took them eight weeks. Whoa! Just just for this this one this whole like crazy idea fight. Eight weeks. Yeah. That's two months. It's a, yeah. Wow. But yeah, I mean, like I was saying up earlier, where Quentin was saying how he wanted to challenge himself as a director of action, he said like he's always considered directors who can do action well as people who can do anything well. He he considered it like cinematically one of the most important genres because you're you're doing so much visually in an action sequence that like in a drama you're focusing more on the performances and the actors and things that aren't necessarily like film focused. Mm-hmm. So I liked his take on action where he's like, this is something unique. Like you, no matter like he didn't say this, but I'm thinking like when you're watching like if a, a play with some action in it, yeah, it's cool, but it's still just everything you could just kind of watch from one angle. You know, but when you're in a movie, you're using all your cinematic tricks, whether it's your cuts, your, you know, camera movements, all sorts of stuff to really bring an action scene to life. Does he tend to use the same cinematographer for his movies or did he? I don't think so. I actually don't know that for sure. Okay. I know he used the same editor for all his early movies until she died. Oh. I think her name is Sally Mank. Um, But yeah, I can't speak on the cinematographer. I actually don't know. Okay. I feel like that's a that's a huge partnership to have for especially for a scene like this. Yeah. In a movie like this. I don't know. Oh, We're, and this was a, another fake out. You'd think you're getting the big boss and then you get these guys. Yeah. Last giant fight. Where was your head out on this? Because this fight's insane. Yeah, like this just, movie's been pretty crazy so far, but there's it goes to a level of like borderline silliness that it doesn't uh, like I mean, I think the build up is like natural and makes sense but it is i remember the first time i saw it i was like what the fuck is going on just from a continuity standpoint knowing that it took that long to film this like you have to be so conscious of how much blood is on her suit yeah (laughs) you know so it's like kind of you have to pay attention to a lot of details (laughs) you know yeah Uh, but the 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 limbs the what'd you think of the black and white did it go black and white yeah for the whole thing oh right yeah 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 you're right my memory sucks you know that (laughs) yeah i think the black and white helped me watch it yeah that (laughs) i remember when i first watched it because again i was all like just getting into film theory and i was like oh everything this guy does is a genius like why what's the artistic purpose like why black and white i don't know like what is he what trying to tell us and then i found out that it was all because that was his agreement with the mpaa to not make any cuts in that scene because uh-huh. they said it was too violent for an r rating so when you go into black and white it just makes the blood seem less it just, <laughs> it just seems less gory wow you know like you can't really see the detail as well so you know otherwise you'd have to cut out like the eye getting ripped out and stuff like that so yeah i went black and white just to not get over an r rating basically gotcha for the movie 
at this point too, I was like, why is this lady co-owner still in the club? <laughs> you know? Yeah, she's there for way too long during <laughs> this whole fight. The the five, six, seven, eights are out of there, oh, so yeah. you should probably head out too. I didn't even see them leave. <laughs> Yo, Uma Thurman's cold ass thing of being like, if you're lucky enough to still have your life, take it with you, but uh, not your limbs. They belong to me yeah. now. <laughs> that was wild. I don't know why that felt like so like in that era that you're talking about, like of Saram- samurai movies, like yeah. that felt very samurai to me. Nice. Like it, you have to honor the battlefield yeah. and like you have to leave your limbs. Yeah. Like it just felt in line with that. Oh man, it's so wild. And then yeah, right to our final our final fight with Lucy Liu over an Ishii. Mm-mm. I love this fight. It's so beautiful. Yeah. So now well, we, now we we're, we're transitioned to a new style of martial arts movie, and then this is like the samurai movie right here. Yeah. So it's a hundred percent a different fight. It's quiet, slow, like deliberate attacks. Like samurai, famously, like they don't have. I mean, most fights in movies are bullshit. Like you're you're not doing flips and all that shit like mm-hmm. in a real fight. But with samurai specifically, it's you know a couple of strikes and then someone goes down. It's not it's not a very big epic runaround you know what took me out of the scene what the fake snow yeah yeah because when you step in snow and i'm referring to lucy Lou's like taking off of her flippy floppies yeah you, there's there's gonna be a witness to it yeah. no matter how soft the snow is so i don't know why like my brain was just like oh fake snow fake oh, snow like no. add some wetness here yeah. like make it more realistic that's the only thing that took me out of the scene. Uh, the f- I don't know. Sorry. I don't even nitpick like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I felt like that's a very Andy comment. But uh, yeah, I didn't like if you don't If you're going to show me the close up, show me real snow in that close up. Yeah, fair enough. If you're going to take steps in yeah, snow, you know I'll, what I mean? I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> um. But yes, the scene is epic. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> now I feel like I can't talk about the seriousness of the scene. And uh, all, you're just going to be like, yeah, but the snow is stupid. <laughs> um, Yo, she gets she gets the bride real good in the beginning. Oh, that's brutal. I was like, there's no chance. But not only just like from the physical stuff, I like the like the character building moments too, where, you know, she, she slices down the bride and then like makes fun of her. And, you know, says like, oh, silly Caucasian girl likes to play with oh, samurai yeah. swords. Um, but then I like, you know, when Bride gets her back with another strike and she apologizes, it's basically her being like, I literally just did to her what everybody does to me. Like everyone mm. looks at me and goes, oh, you were born in America. Like you're not, you're not really Japanese like us. Uh-huh. And then so, you know, like you're playing for 10 Yakuza. So I, I thought that was a really like subtle, cool way to, for them to understand each other without having to like spell it out. Hmm. You know, that's pretty cool. Did you think anything like that? Like, no, I was just paying attention to the the slash to the Uma Thurman's back. Oh. <laughs> that was a, I was like, how are you gonna fight with that? Yeah. <laughs> I always think of that though, like I, she gets that slash and it's brutal, but then she falls on her back right into the snow, and I'm like, oh, it's gotta feel a little oh, good. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> like, at least you're going right into a nice cold. Yeah. Like. But I had to like really force it because in the back of my mind I was like, it's fake snow, but yeah. if it was real snow, <laughs> <laughs> cuts fake, cuts real, real cut, fake snow. <laughs> 
Oh, um, God. Yeah, I like to, yeah, and then when she gets that slash on Uma Thurman, we get that wide shot with that, that like, well thing filling with water and then kind of, like, trickling over. That sound. That sound, and then and then it cuts right to Lucy Liu, the blood's trickling down her leg, you know, yeah. and it's just like, oh, man, she's overflowed. Oh, okay. uh, it's a little anxiety yeah. builds. And I like that nobody believes that she's got a real Hattori Hanzo sword until she lops off the top of her head. It's so funny because I didn't realize what had happened there. And I'm angry because I know about that. The cutting of the the top of the head. Yeah. So when when she does it, I was like, that wig seems pretty light. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like it didn't register to me what had happened. Um, But of course, we see the next shot. Yeah. Obviously, you know, she couldn't really deliver that last line with her brain exposed like that. Oh, just yeah. Like, that really was a Hattori Hanzo sword. And then it pans out to the brain. Jeez. Oof. Yeah, and then we get the bride talking to Sophie, giving her her oh, final sh- wishes. Yeah, when, when the bride's telling Sophie what to tell Bill, I love what she was like. I want you to tell him what, what, what I know. I want him to know what I know. I want him to, to, want, to know that I want him to know what I know. <laughs> like, like, he's basically just like, I'm a fucking hurricane, and I'm going to come get this motherfucker. Yeah. I, I love this this slow reveal, because I was like, yeah, she chopped her arm off, but I don't know why she's so emotional uh, in the hospital when yeah. Bill's talking to her, but then it's revealed that, you know, she had tortured her a little bit. Or at least threatened to, you know, like she was, she, 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 I don't know if she actually got there, but she said like, the, every answer you don't give me, I'm cutting something off. Right, you know? yeah. And she starts with, she's like, it's gonna be something you miss. She's like, give me that other arm. And like, I mean, you know, so yeah, she, I don't think she did torture. She said she'll cut off her other arm. Right. And I was like, God She had damn. to cut off some finger or yeah. something. That's always that shit, man. I always think about that with these like, being, these characters in, in these big crime syndicates where it's like, you know, like like someone will always be in the movies will be like, tell me something and be like, if you tell me that my boss will kill me and they're like, what do you think I'll do right now? You know, yeah. and I'm just like, man, what a shitty world. Like, like, like to be in, like to, to get yourself wrapped up. Now, like I'm thinking Sophie's, she either could lose her arms mm-hmm. or go tell Bill that she betrayed him and then probably get killed there too. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got nothing. You got nobody. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Fuck that shit. <laughs> And then we get the last final, the little cliffhanger they built in to make it a part one, something yeah. to come back to. What did you think of that? Oh, I thought that was juicy. You, did, you, did you think it was possible? Oh, absolutely. Well, the baby still being alive. I mean, I accepted it for the sake of the movie, and I'm admittedly intrigued. Yeah. So yeah, I I mean, sure, why oh, not? Nice. But who the hell was she getting married to? <laughs> <laughs> she was getting married to RZA, <laughs> the original music composer. All Have right. you guys heard of original music composer RZA? You're never going to let that go. Never heard of Redman, never heard <laughs> of RZA, never heard of Mystical. I heard of SZA. SZA. Only scissors I need for cutting tape. All right, let's just go to best <laughs> worst. Best worst, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, you got to do... There's so much killing. Yeah. Best worst kill. Ooh. Worst is going to be hard. I don't know. Oh, I, know I got my, a worst. I know my best. What? Oh, your best is going to be the fox fight. Yeah. Well, that's a fight, but the kill, I just... Uh. The sheer surprise and how swift and cool that whole scene is of her shooting it, Uma Thurman kicking the cup, getting her distracted, and then knifing her real quick. Like, I just remember the first time my jaw dropped. I didn't see it coming at all. 
Oh, no, it's funny. What? It's actually my best skill, too. Uh, I was trying to hide it because I didn't want to reveal. I thought you were going to say worst skill. No, uh, no. It was also... Maya caught me by surprise, too. Damn. The same... What, exactly what you just said. Nice. I feel like our worst skills are going to be the opposite. You're going to pick, like, the grossest one, and I'm going to pick, like, <laughs> the boringest one. You know, because to me, a worst skill is a not gross one. Yeah. So I don't even know if I have a worst. I feel like I like them all. Oh, crap. I might have gotten it backwards. No, I got it backwards. I'm sorry. It was my worst. Wait, why is that your worst? It's not. It's my worst only because of the aftermath of uh, the daughter. I guess, but if we're talking I'm like... I'm so sorry. I read my note wrong. All right. See, that's how close it was. It could have gone either way. Okay. So what was your best? My best was the hospital kill of that pervert dude who oh. sells bodies that are in comas to guys so that yeah. way they could screw them yeah buck who likes the fuck yeah yeah buck yeah. that's what his name was yep yeah freaking i hate him i hate that guy those those deaths were brutal but so justified yeah you, you pick story reasons i'm picking like <laughs> yeah. reasons yeah so i'm gonna go not buck but the guy who's actually pays to have sex with her that, that she kills first by biting mm. his lip yeah all of it's awesome. The The lip stretch is insane. The aftermath is brutal of him laying on the ground with the blood all over his shirt. But I do feel like that death didn't seem efficient or logical. <laughs> like, I feel like if you bit, if someone bit your lip off like that, it would take a long time for you to bleed to death. Yeah. And there'd be a lot of screaming and thrashing, and he probably would have beat the shit out of her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, I just don't buy that it went straight from biting the lip to him laying on his back dead. You know, so I don't he, know. I think she bought. She had to have bitten other parts of his face off. But I yes. Yeah, I but you don't really. You. See, but you don't. See, and when you see his body later, you only see the lip is bloody. You don't see any other. So oh, like, it, either she would have to like stab them in the head, or it would have had to be something. So I just, if I'm gonna pick it, this is a tough worst because I love this movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I went to go with oh, that. I hated that lip stretch. Yeah. Uh, I hated it so much. Nice. Oh, I'm gonna have nightmares about it. Uh, yeah, because I my I have one, but it's it's plain and kind of we already talked about it. But best worst fight also. Oh. Um. So I'm sticking with with Vernetta Green in the beginning in the house. Oh. That's the best fight for me. Hmm. It was very hard to watch, but I might go with Uma versus uh young young underage girl. Go go. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> That's a great fight. And then for worse. I have a worst. What's your worst? Well, worst, uh, just because I feel like it was built up and a little underwhelming. So, Oren's other main bodyguard was the bald guy. Yes. Um, and he kind of like doesn't have as much to do as Gogo. And early on in the Crazy A fight, he gets hit in the head with bamboo and knocked out. But then at the very end, when you think they're all dead, he pops out and they have like a railway fight. Yeah. It is cool, but it was just a little underwhelming for like the buildup of that character. Okay. Like it was, it's almost where like if you're not paying attention, you almost forget it's him. Mm. So I, I think the choreography is awesome and I love them running up the railway and, and with the two weapons. It's fucking all dope. <laughs> but because of how short it is and uh, the amount of buildup he had, I'll pick that as my worst. All right. That's yeah. fair. I didn't even think of him as like one of her main like fighters. I thought he was mainly like the manager of all those other guys. Uh, no, I think in the when they're when she's going through in that uh, narration scene, she brings him up as like one of the main ones. Yeah, but I, I just I uh, guess I demoted him in my brain. Fair enough. <laughs> Worst fight? I don't know. Maybe 
maybe it's the last one, Lucy and Uma. What? Only because there's like not really fighting. It's like a little like it's it's poetic. It's samurai. No, style. yeah, exactly. So I think like in terms of like action and stuff, like in comparison, in visually like captivating. Yeah. Um, I would choose that one. All right. All right. Fair enough. Cool. Yeah. Any other best worsts? No. To the credits and beyond. All right, so I think, I mean, I could tell you already had the, you got mad earlier when I brought up the Vernetta Green's daughter coming back for revenge for Beyond the Credits. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, so if you have anything you want to add, we could talk about that. But I also think it would just be fun for you to maybe just throw some ideas about what might happen in Kill Bill Volume 2, and I won't Uh, respond. Okay, okay. I will do that, but first, just to touch on the daughter coming for revenge aspect of things, I think that uh, if he was ever to bring this back to life and i i think that it would be cool if the daughter went after the bride but the bride was dead and she's like crap like i can't take my revenge out on anybody uh-huh. but the daughter's alive whoa who's playing the daughter Uma oh. Thurman's daughter in oh. real life <laughs> who's playing Vivica fox's daughter zendaya oh it could actually that'd be pretty cool um anyway that was a side that was my cool. main addition to that piece yeah okay so what happens in the sequel does bill get killed i mean we have that guy she needs to kill right who's part of the crew yeah and the lady with the eye patch yep. that one's gonna be i think the most epic fight or the showdown because we already know that that eye patch lady like hates her right so I wonder if she's going to lose her other eye and then be blind for half the movie. Whoa. I don't know. I'm just like saying random stuff right now. Yeah. Um, no, I know. I'm just purposely okay. being weird and vague because I don't want to say. We haven't, no. we haven't seen Bill's face yet. Okay. I don't think we're going to see it until... Well, that trailer kind of... I feel like I saw Bill. Yeah, that fucking trailer sucked ass. <laughs> There's so much footage from part two. Uh, I, I'm i going to forget it by the time we watch. But yeah. um, if we didn't see that trailer, I was going to say we don't see Bill until like he's dead. Ooh. That was my original theory. But uh, I feel like that's not true anymore. I don't know what else to say. It, yo, it would be crazy if all the people that we thought she killed weren't dead. And I only say that because who gets shot in the head and is still alive. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe that could happen. Maybe. I don't know. I I just hope that, and I know you're not going to tell me your thoughts here, but I just hope that it's not underwhelming in comparison to the first one. Cool. Wow, it's we, hard. We'll go back and listen to this after you see part two. And okay. See how it goes together. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get beyond credits for real when we see part two. Yeah. Man, what a ride. <laughs> volume two. Um, so yeah, right at the top, um, I think I already said earlier you know this is in my top three tarantino movies that might even be my favorite but i'm kind of counting that with part two together completing the story Mm. i feel like you gotta you gotta judge these as a whole but this first one it's i you know me i love i'm a big ass nerd i love when people like respect stuff that came before it in like a cool interesting way said it earlier it's the reason why i like edgar wright so much you know, Shaun of the Dead is not only a love letter to the whole zombie genre, it's a fucking fantastic zombie movie on its own. So whether or not you get the the inside jokes, you can still really watch a good movie with good characters. And I think that's what Tarantino does also. 
you know, when I saw this at 13, I didn't get a single reference in it, but I just knew like this was dope. And then once you start digging in, you can kind of really get into it. And, you know, because other people, there have been other people who try that where they're like, oh, I'm just going to put all the things, uh, stuff I like in one big movie. But mm-hmm. they're not talented enough filmmakers to really do anything other than just coming out looking a little derivative and just being like, ah, yeah, I've seen that. In- Burn. It happens. <laughs> not about anyone specifically. I'm just saying, like, something you'll see it in, like, horror where someone's like, we're going to make uh, the ultimate love letter to, like, so-and-so types of movies. And then it's just, like, it's just references all day and there's no actual real meat or characters. No substance. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so with this, it's, like, and also kind of similar to how we talked about with Psycho way back in the day where that movie on paper was a very straightforward kind of B-horror movie that would normally be really cheap. And Hitchcock was like, well, what if, like, I made it? Like, someone who's, <laughs> like, really good, you know? So yeah. I think this is kind of like Tarantino taking a genre that would normally be made by more amateur filmmakers. Not bad, but just, like, you know, l- lower budget, less... Not not, not prestigious films with... with <laughs> less talent. Yeah. <laughs> well, not talent, but really just, like, like the gravitas of Tarantino in two thousand three is probably bigger than he would ever he's ever gonna be again. So it's like he's someone of his status. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't say this. This is my own kind of words putting it in. Kind of making these really kind of violent, gritty exploitation movies, but with like tons of polish. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? All right, nicely worded. Yeah, and just for my love of martial arts movies alone, just taking them on their own, even out of context, the fight with vernita green and then the crazy 88 fights are just two iconic fight sequences <laughs> that i would put up against most other martial arts movies if we were sitting around and everyone's just you know, having a few beers i'll oh, put on your favorite fight scenes like that would be in the rotation for sure i think it's it's up there with any any great shit that's in a jackie chan jet lee mm-hmm. bruce lee movie it's it stands up just with those it's fucking awesome uma thurman just I mean, I think this is the most iconic role in her career. Like, she owns being the bride. She's so fucking good <laughs> at it. Uma. Yeah, Uma's so damn good. And uh, and then I, I think for for having to split up this really long movie, which I think is a smart move. I think if this was four hours, we'd get bored of the action. Um, I think they do a really good job. And really, I think the editing is really interesting in the way that they decided to break up the story. Because it could have been anywhere. You know, the whole thing was in the can. So it wasn't... That wasn't planned from the beginning, so I think they they actually made it seem like, oh, that's a whole movie, the end, you know what I mean? Or at least the end of a part one. Mm -hmm. So those are all the reasons I love it. And then the reasons why I think you probably might love it too, I mean, the reason I know you won't is the (laughs) violence and the gore, because you're going to be like, I just can't at the end of the day. It's too violent. I I just wouldn't ever want to put it on. But that aside... (laughs) <laughs> all the polish i mentioned earlier um i know you do you don't inherently love action movies but when we watch kick-ass action i know you get very excited because it's <laughs> awesome the lady-centric aspect of the movie i thought you'd get into you know it's it's not overly like girl power type shit but it's 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 a very run- long-running theme of the movie you know right. most of the deadly viper assassination squad are women uma thurman it, you know she loses a child there's there's all those I mean, not so subtle rape stuff that's in the movie, the revenge for it. Not that, you know, you make you happy, but you literally just finished watching The Handmaid's Tale <laughs> as we were watching this. So you can't tell me that you're not into uh, stories about I'm, that. I'm not. I don't actively seek those stories out. Okay. And yeah, I just thought you'd like to see. For, for a Quentin Tarantino movie, I thought this one might get you the most because it's the least. It's, while it's very violent in its action, it's the least like egregious in its characters and dialogue and, and no n-words yeah no n-words just colored that, colored guy yeah. oh yeah you consider that a, a fucking 
trophy. Like, I get to consider that a gift because compared to what you normally get. Um, and yeah, so I thought maybe all those things would lead up to you overlooking the gore and <laughs> really enjoying just how fun the movie is too. I mean, it's colorful. It's, it's iconic. Like, it's, there's so much in this movie that's unique to this in the way it looks and the way it sounds. You would never think this is something else. Like, it's, it, it's, it's a captivating movie whether or not you're into the story. I think just, just the look of it, you're like, where, what is this? Like, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I thought uh, all those things would make you, or at least get you to kind of love this part one of a saga. So, Masha, I have to ask, do you love what I love? I love it. We put this on at night. Yep. Right before bed. Yep. It was a lot to take in, if I'm being honest. Uh, you bring up some interesting points, and I think we were introduced to a lot of story, a lot of crazy, unique, cinematic visuals here. Um, but at the end of the day, we're sort of presented with a story that ends on a cliffhanger mm-hmm. and you know you position this as one of your top three movies but you consider one and two of as tarantino. one of tarantino no time. i know i know yeah. of tarantino um but you you consider them as one and i feel like i kind of feel like i can't even say if i love it it's or hard. not it's hard because I need to know what part two is. Yeah. All right. We can. We can. Ooh. We can do our own cliffhanger. <laughs> I think. I think yeah. we might have to. <laughs> Let's set it up. So, Masha, does the audience know the final piece of information that your love what I love verdict is still out there? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think I can make bam, a f- bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I can make a, a, a full decision here. No, that's totally fair, and I think that's mad fun for the podcast. <laughs> Sweet, and we're gonna follow it up in two weeks, I think, with volume two, right? We just go right into it. I mean, sure. Yeah. Yeah, let's 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 That means that. two dance movies back to back. Only if it's <laughs> Hashtag cheer smack and step up 3D. <laughs> you love step up 3D. Oh, you guys, good. I can't wait to tell you about it. It's pretty good. <laughs> if you haven't seen any step up 3D, get on it. It's pretty good. <laughs> I've never seen it. I've only seen one dance scene. Oh, man. All right, folks. Well, that is our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. Also, if you have the time, take a moment to rate and review. Every bit of feedback helps. I'm Masha. And I'm Andy. And I hope you love what I love. <laughs> <laughs>